0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's NFL time. It's week two of the NFL season. It's still 2020, and uh, we have 13 football games to talk about here on today's podcast. Um, we are going to only focus on the main slate. Baseball playoffs are right around the corner, and we'll be able to dig into some of the showdown slates and the smaller slates once that comes around. But um, for now, I'm joined by my buddy, Jeannie for 07. Grant! We're going to try this again. You were recording the baseball podcast with me yesterday, and uh, my internet did not agree, but uh, we get the football podcast in, and we'll be happy.
1: Yeah, no, I'm really excited for that.
0: (laughs) Almost got me. you You moved just enough. (laughs) <laughs> you moved just enough where you didn't get me but you were really close. I was like, "Oh, not this again." I looked I looked at my internet box. <laughs> Anybody that watches on YouTube will see me look over there and like, "Oh, and uh you almost got me. Good job." <laughs> well, well done. Well done, my friend. Yeah, but I um, super
1: excited for week 2 of NFL. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, at least we can get it kicked off here with a laugh and have some fun, but uh, let's get into it. We got 13 games to get through. We got the Falcons and Cowboys, 53 total. Dallas is favored by four and a half in this one. Let's start with the Falcons. Um, What's standing out to you for Atlanta?
1: I mean, everyone. It's going to be a high scoring game. I mean, we have what, 53 point total on this already. It's going to Like, both sides of it are fantastic. Matt Ryan is a little bit cheaper than Dak if you want to get some exposure that way. We saw him get tons of targets to pretty much all his uh, receiving options this last game outside of Hurst to a little bit of an extent. But Julio, Gage, Ridley, all of them are great plays here. Julio obviously one of the top spend-ups of wide receiver on the entire slate. Hurst disappointed a little bit in his first week. Only got six fantasy points but he is going up against a team in a dome and he got five targets last week. Honestly, I I can't say single, like, I don't know if there's a single play from this game that I'm not going to have exposure to. I'm going to have Gurley, my, some of my lineups too. Like we never know how many touchdowns he's going to get. He obviously got a rushing touchdown last week, still had 14 carries, had five targets. So it's looking like they are going to get him involved in the receiving game. Like this is a perfect game stack spot and perfect spot for, pretty much all the Atlanta Falcons wide receivers.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I guess we, I'll, I'll start with Hurst. Like he still played 78% of the snaps. um, And and, like they had some red zone opportunities. Like I rewatched this game a little bit. um, And like, I saw how open Hurst was on some of the red zone plays. There's no way the coaching staff is going to miss how open he was on some of the plays. So I don't mind going back to Hayden Hurst. I do think it's interesting. Like Julio Ridley and gauge all had 12 targets. It was very spread out. Um, we saw a lot of the Russell gauge like at the end of the game. Um, but I think Ridley and Jones are wide receiver one wide receiver two plays, you know, throughout the week. Um, so I like Matt Ryan. I like this game, obviously it has one of the highest totals, and um, it's going to be a game that a lot of people are going to be on here. Um, we saw the Atlanta defense really struggle against the pass. I think Dak Prescott sets up as one of the best quarterback plays on the slate. Um, Did't have to do too much this past week, but he, he looks to be like a strong play here. I just I worry about like just the overall like stealing for him with this coaching stuff.
1: Yeah, no, it might be a little bit of a worry. I'm not going to overreact to just one single game. This is going to be a high-scoring right. affair. We saw how much Russell Wilson did in week one going up against a Selena pasty. Like, Dak may not be as ridiculous as he was last year in terms of just piling up yards and stuff, but it doesn't even matter. At 6.8K. He might be your cash game quarterback on today's slate and then looking at the wide receivers here Gallup is probably a little bit too cheap at 5.6k cd lamb is certainly underpriced at 4.7k cooper's underpriced at 6.3k we've seen how well he's done in uh dallas every single time they're at home and this is going to be a perfect spot for him right here zeke is probably my least favorite of the bunch i think i prefer the passing game a little bit more but he's still very much in play again I, i i wish i had a strong take on this outside of the fact that I like everyone. I like, like this game stack and everyone else will too. So you either play, you can play, you can fade it, you can go with a field, but everyone, like there's no real off the board guy on this slate or on this game because every single one of each of the three wide receivers on both teams is going to be owned and played. Both of the running backs are going to be owned and played. Both of the quarterbacks are going to be owned and played. So I don't have a strong take lean on anything. I'd probably go with, more I don't know maybe hoping for a Russell Gage explosion but you can realistically play four wide receivers from this game and a quarterback and be happy about it
0: yeah and like the whole tight end situation is going to be such a mess Uh, Jarwin um, got hurt so like we're looking at potentially like even more targets for this wide receiving core like Cooper had 14 targets in week one Um, I think he's cash game playable at 6300 you mentioned Dak I like Dak a lot Zeke is in a great spot, too. Um, This is a very beatable run defense, and this is just a good spot. Like, this game should be a high-scoring game. Like, you don't have any, like, extreme takes, but I think Gallup and CD Lamb both have, like, upside to score touchdowns in this game. So don't go, like – don't go, like, heavy Dallas and not get exposure to those guys, so – uh Rams and Eagles 45 and a half total here. Rams favored by one in this game. This one projects as one of the closest games on the weekend. Um let's talk about the Rams first. Malcolm Brown scoring some touchdowns, Grant. Um what, what we all expected to happen was Malcolm Brown scoring touchdowns.
1: Yeah, yeah, no we absolutely did not. Uh yeah, this is this Rams backfield's going to be a little bit confusing to figure out i mean maybe acres comes in and starts getting a little bit more run here he still ended up getting 14 carries it looks like as of the moment he's not going to be nearly as heavily owned because of what brown did this last weekend and maybe he's going to be the goal line back. maybe he's not going to be the goal line back. we don't really know but the snap count the uh carry share for both these guys is fairly similar it's just brown got the touchdown equity in this game here i don't know how they're going to do things, I don't, they may change it week over week. And because of that, I'd much rather play Cam Akers. Um, but yeah, yeah. Running back is tough for this one. I'm fine with either them, but for Akers if the current projected ownership that we have is accurate, which it doesn't look like it's going to be uh, as of, as for the quarterback, like I don't mind using Goff along with Woods here, like Woods saw a whole bunch of targets in this last game. He had eight of them. He had over 100 receiving yards. He's been a good player consistently over the last few years without Cooks in this offense, even though Cooks wasn't really involved last year. Both him and Cup can see a big usage upgrade, and they can both do a lot of work with that. I'm fine with using either of them. If you remember last year, Goff, like any given week, his number one wide receiver could be Cup. It could be Woods could be anyone. Like they, Sean McVay does a whole lot of weird things, and Goff just kind of rides the hot hand, so stacking either one of them is not terrible. They have a 23 implied team total right now, so it should be a close game. It's a decent game spat, stack spot. I don't mind many of the guys in here, and if you want to use Higby, that's also fine. We saw him have huge usage at certain times last season, and he only got four targets, and I think people might be overestimated a little bit what his role is going to be in the, or underestimate what his role is going to be in this offense. So yeah, all systems go for pretty much everyone on the Ram side.
0: Yeah. And like Darius Slay probably shadows Robert Woods here. So like it could easily be Cooper cup. Um, if Gerald Everett ends up missing the game, like he got banged up. Like I think Tyler Higbee is in play as a tight end option here. I'm probably going to stay away from the running back situation there. We have a ton of options on the slate. These guys are probably going to both be low owned. Um, it was just such a like it was like split, man, it was like really split um rushy, everything like snaps you know cup cup, and Higby, I don't know if I'll end up on golf this week, but I understand why people would play him, so um, yeah, I think that like this is one of those like offenses I'm just gonna kind of get condensed ownership to a couple of guys i really i I really like Higby if everett sits. Um, on the Philly side of things, you know, obviously the most important thing is like seeing what, what happens with Miles Sanders, if he's going to be healthy or not. Um, last that I read is there's Uh, a strong chance.
1: We literally just three minutes ago got Miles Sanders full participant practice.
0: So yeah, I read earlier today that like, he was a strong, like strong chance he was going to play. Like he was on track to play. So, um, Hey, listen, like Miles Sanders, we we we've been waiting for him to have like a, a full on roll. And uh the Rams run defense wasn't great last season or last week. So um let's talk Philly here. This offense, man, it it um it wasn't the best.
1: It wasn't the best, and I think with Sanders in there, I'll probably do a little bit better. And because could have just been a one week thing. Uh I'm I'm mostly staying away. Like I don't mind Goddard and I don't mind Ertz. I don't mind Wentz, but the two main targets I'm going to go with this is going to be Sanders if he's in the offense and looks like he's a full go. Like the dude's got a lot of talent. He could be in for a big workload. The Rams run D, you already mentioned, it did not look great last weekend. And then Jackson, I know everyone was on him first week, just assuming he's going to go off for a big game. He's got a matchup versus the Rams, which is obviously not the easiest one in the world for wide receiver. But he did get seven targets this last week, and he always has big play upside. He's always in play for GPPs. He's still priced at five point one k over on DK. So really, just Sanders and Djax for me over on the Philly side.
0: Yeah, like I'll take some shots on Sanders, is assuming that he's good to go. And is it like is this is a team that I don't mind playing either tight end? like and like we don't say that very often but i i think like you could play either one of these guys jackson looks like he's gonna like he led the led the nfl in week one and air yards if you're into those kind of thing um so like the upside is there they're gonna throw deep um him and jalen rager they're, they're gonna throw deep so but it looks like Ertz and goddard are gonna be the like chain movers for this offense so Broncos and Steelers, 41-and-a-half total here. Pittsburgh favored by seven and a half. Um, any interest here in the Broncos? A little
1: bit. Um, it, it, Locke looked all right. He didn't look great in his first matchup. Uh, it, it's it, I, I don't know if he's going to be actually good or if he's just going to be a game manager. Like, I'm really not, not sure either way. He's 5.4K. The Steelers' defense looked great in week one. So, it's a tough matchup. I, I just don't know that if I could really play him or not. Um, don't know if Sutton's going to play. So, that could be a big upgrade for Jerry Judy. He didn't look great this last game, but he didn't look terrible. He's definitely got the talent. We can easily see that. He's priced at 4.9K, and he's in a price range where there's going to be a lot of ownership on other guys at that time or at that price tag. So, I could easily see playing Judy in a few GPPs. Fant. Looked great this last game. I know he has a ton of talent. He's 4.4K. He's probably my favorite play of the bunch. Got six targets in this first matchup here. Has big playability. Had multiple long touchdowns last season. Has a connection with Locke. Should be in for a good season this year. Had 19 points in the first matchup. But I I don't know if I want to play Gordon. Like, what are your thoughts? Without Phillip Lindsay in there, we all see – how good Gordon can be when he was over the Chargers. We know his touchdown equity. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do too much against the Steelers defense that absolutely shut down Barkley last week.
0: Yeah, so I, I like Noah Font a lot as well. I'm right there with you. Um, I think he's the top play from this team. Lindsay dealing with turf toe. If he doesn't play, I think Melvin Gordon is someone we have to look at. I think he could touch the ball 20 plus times here and game script wise if we expect pittsburgh to kind of get up in this game a little bit then melvin gordon's someone that can easily catch the ball out of the backfield and start racking up points um we have so many cheap potential running backs overall this week um that trying to find a lower own option that's cheap is going to be kind of tough um so i think melvin gordon at 5200 with his catch ability and all that stuff like he averaged five yards a carry. It's not like he was bad. Um, he had a couple big runs there, but they they wanted to go to Lindsey after Melvin Gordon fumbled and, like, Lindsey got banged up. Um, so I, I think that Melvin Gordon is in play, assuming that Philip Lindsey doesn't play. Um, and it's more of just volume. I don't think they want to get Royce Freeman out there too much. So, what, 15 to 18 carries and – four to six targets for melvin gordon at 5200 that all you need is a touchdown at that rate
1: yeah which we all know is touchdown equity but yeah yeah. i don't know i have to wait and see later on the week but just kind of game script dependent actually really not even game script dependent he he could be in for a great point per dollar uh value this weekend
0: it really like Like, it's really going to depend on, like, ownership on how much I play. Like, I have interest um, in him in general. And the good thing about, like, recording on Wednesday afternoon is, like, we have first draft, like, um, projected ownership. And, like, we're currently seeing him at, like, 10%, on you know, under 10% on all the sites. So, like, if that's the case, like – to double your ownership on like the field, you only have to go 20%. I think that's super doable for like 5,200. Like, so I I do like Melvin Gordon. Let's go to the Pittsburgh side of things. Obviously this is one of the ones that is going to be tough to talk about on a Wednesday because we're so much of the Pittsburgh offense relies on James Conner. If he's going to play or not, um, he wanted to play, but like he just, he couldn't gut it out. Um, or they were just being super careful with him either way. um, you know, Benny Snell got 19 carries and he looked, he looked good, Grant. Like he looked fresh. Um, Juju looked good. Deontay Johnson looked terrible in the first half. He looked great in the second half. Like the only guy that I'm worried about, like playing on Pittsburgh is Eric Ebron.
1: Yeah. I, I, I I was high on Pittsburgh well before the season started. I'm still high on them. Like people forget. Get how good this offense was with Roethlisberger in it, as opposed to Rudolph or Duck or whoever.
0: Whoever it mind. was, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like it did them. We've seen this for what last seven years. Anytime Big Ben goes down, the offense just falters. Any running back that goes in for Le'Veon Bell or James Conner. Like we've seen D'Angelo Williams come in here and crush. We've seen Connor come in here and crush. We saw Snell come in here and do really well. He looked great in training camp. He was a guy that I, during my 30 best ball night, I ended up getting a whole lot of shares of. So I'm super excited now, but I I love all this offense. Like this is probably my favorite spot on the entire slate. Juju is going to absolutely dominate this season and, Anytime Big Ben has a big game, it's almost always followed with a second wide receiver doing well. So Washington or Johnson, like obviously Johnson looked great the second half of the game. Washington ended up with that touchdown there. But Big Ben always has big games when he's getting a lot to the second target. We saw it with Brown and Juju all the time. We saw it with Bryant and Antonio Brown. We've seen it throughout the course of his career. He always has a second guy that he's going to just hammer. I know that Johnson's going to be heavily owned. I don't care. I love Johnson. I love Juju. I love Roethlisberger. This is my favorite stack on the entire slate. I don't care if Connor's in or out. I'm targeting the passing game, but I might throw Snell into quite a few lineups if Connor is going to miss because that price tag is just way too cheap there.
0: Yeah, you you almost like want him to um, you want you must want Connor to play and be limited um, as much as you say you like this stack so. Um, I like Pittsburgh as well. Uh, I'm with you on this. Um, You know, Von Miller and, you know, Denver. Bouye looked like he got banged up in the game, too. I didn't see anything actually come out about it, but, like, watching that game, it looked like he got banged up. Um, So, I don't know. Uh, short week for both of these teams with no training with, – with limited training camp and no preseason. Like, they could rotate some guys out, and then, um, you know, it would be interesting to see how this one plays out. Bills and Dolphins, 41 total. Buffalo favored by five and a half in this game. This is one of those games you're going to have to watch the weather. Um, I live in Florida. We have forecasted rain every day, but it's a lot more um, until Monday. So um, let's start here with the Bills. Josh Allen, your boy, um, he crushed in week one. Are you going back to the well here?
1: Yep. is, Is it being played in Buffalo? No, it's in Miami then the answer is always yes on the road outside of occasionally <laughs> in new England. No, I already talked about his home road splits and the weather wasn't perfect in Buffalo this last week, but it was good enough clearly uh, for him to put up a big game. His numbers are just so much better on the road. He now has digs in that offense, which is a massive upgrade. Love Josh Allen this week going up against Miami. I know that they have a few solid cornerbacks here, so that could give Diggs and Brown a problem, but d- don't even care. Like absolutely love Diggs in this spot think he's going to go way under-owned. I think that Josh Allen is in for a big game here. Shows that they're willing to put up big points and just hammer other teams, even if they're way ahead. Like, I love Josh Allen here, and I love him paired with Diggs. I think that Diggs is in for a massive season and playing in a spot where the weather, like, again, we have to check on the weather way, later on in the week, but if the weather's all right, then having a great route runner like Diggs who can also take the ball deep is huge for a guy like Allen. So I'm a huge fan of both of them between the running game. I don't really know if I want to use Singletary. I don't really know if I want to use Moss. I know that Singletary had a decent game in the passing game this last weekend and that Moss, I think had a touchdown, but I, I just don't really see it on a week where we have what, 10 different running backs around the same price range that we can use. I, I don't think either of them are going to make my builds, but, Josh Allen digs. if you really want to, I don't mind using Beasley or Brown, but it, it, this is just a perfect spot for here.
0: Yeah, like Josh Allen had 14 rushing attempts and um, Singletary and Moss both had nine apiece. They combined for 18 and he had 14. So um, I don't know if that was by design or what. Like Singletary had seven targets. So like for me, when I'm looking at this, like snap count wise, it was really close between the two. Um, I think they're only playable on DraftKings, like just because of like receiving and the the full point PPR. I like Allen, Diggs, Brown. I was shocked Beasley had seven targets. It doesn't look like they're really going to use the tight end at all. Um, and, and like he really looked at Brown, you know, in the red zone. So like both Brown and Diggs are very viable here against Miami. Um, I, I do like this game. Gonna watch the weather a little bit to see if it is going to affect it and how much it's going to affect it. Um as far as Miami, they looked awful. Uh, I'm a Dolphins fan. They look terrible. Um I, I don't even know what to expect here. You know, dealing with a little bit like it doesn't sound good for Howard. I don't know if he's like officially been ruled out yet, but it doesn't sound like he is going to be like hundred percent. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just staying away from the Miami Russian game. No real point in going any of them, like I said. Maybe he didn't are... get
0: hurt, like he just got benched, like it was it was so ugly. sorry. I, I, mean, I thought he got hurt.
1: It doesn't matter. That entire Miami backfield is a situation that I'm going to stay away from for a little while. I don't see huge upside with much of it. I'm more on the passing game here. Fitzpatrick really let me down this last week, but obviously the news about if Parkers going to play or not has he already been ruled out?
0: Um, he's banged up. um He was limited Wednesday hamstring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if Parker's in there, then
0: this is something he's been dealing with for weeks, by the way.
1: Yeah. If Parker's in there, I'll probably still avoid him, but maybe he'll get shadowed by what's his name. And I'll, even if he's out there as a distraction, and that means Preston Williams and Gasecki could both have a chance for a decent game. I know the Buffalo defense is really good, but again, that doesn't really matter for Fitzpatrick. He's either going to be great or trash regardless of the opponent every single time. Because that's just what what he does. He's a ridiculous human being that I love. But he's going to come in at low ownership. This is Fitzpatrick, like, this doesn't set up as a great spot. Like, obviously, Buffalo, very good defense. But Fitzpatrick is always a GPP play. Williams is too cheap. You can throw in Grant if you want there. You can go throw in Ford. Hollins, I need to look more throughout the week to figure out which other guy I'm going to go with. If Parker ends up not playing, Gusecki's in play. I'm I'm targeting the Miami passing attack probably in about 5% of my lineups, and that's it. But I think if Parker, whether or not Parker plays, I think Williams is very much in play this week. He had seven targets last week and did not go well. Like, absolutely did not go well. He only caught two passes for 41 yards. But it is, it is a spot where I feel like 4.8K for a guy that could be majority of the pass attempts going to him. He could have a massive week for his price tag. He's not going to come in at high ownership because of the matchup.
0: So, I always have, like, exposure to Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'll probably always have exposure to Tua when he becomes the starting quarterback. It's just I I feel like running quarterbacks, like these guys that scramble every once in a while, always have upside. The running back situation is a mess. If you're going to play any of these guys, it's probably Miles Gaskin. He looked the best out of the group. Um, If Parker doesn't play – large field tournaments very top heavy large field tournaments take a shot on isaiah ford um he is the kind of like third or fourth guy and jakeem grant hurt his calf parker's hamstring injury like nobody's gonna play isaiah ford um he's 3500 and i think he is someone you could definitely look at this offense or defense i meant to say is beatable in the slot and ford does run the slot a lot um so Let's move on. That That's all I got for the Dolphins. Let's move on. Giants and Bears, 42 and a half total. Chicago favored by five and a half in this one. Um, you know, the Giants, man. Like Barkley looked frustrated, Grant. Um, and it's – if you're a fantasy owner, like you're not too frustrated, right? The dude had 15 carries and nine targets like volume-wise, but he looked frustrated. Um, it, they, they were not going to let – Saquon beat them um what's your thoughts here on the Giants going into Chicago
1: I'm fading all of them outside of Saquon I know he had a bad game I know he had looked absolutely terrible but we literally saw this at one point last season up against the Jets he went at 13 rushing attempts for one yard I could not get anything going I don't care like the volume is going to be there again this week the ownership is not going to be high He's a guy with 40-point upside in any given matchup. I mean, he had 46 versus Washington last year. We've seen multiple big games out of him. In GBPs, he's absolutely in play. Like, he can destroy this defense. He can destroy any defense he wants at any given time. He's the only guy I'm playing from this offense. Always a chance that he ends up with 10 targets. Had nine last week, so he can get there that way, and he can rush for 80-yard rushes at any given time. Barkley's the only one I want to go with. I don't want to play Shepard. I don't want to play Slayton. And Jones looked all right at times, but it, this is not an offense that I really want to target the passing game.
0: Yeah, and, like, if we look back to, like, last week, and, you know, obviously it's a small sample size, but, like, Adrian Peterson looked great um, against the Bears' run defense. So I think Barkley's upside is tremendously high. Um, if Tate sits, you know, it's it's kind of early in the week to know or not. I don't mind looking at Slayton. He had a ton of air yards. Um, he got some red zone targets on top of that. Everett Ingram had some red zone targets. So if you are like going game stack of this game, I think you could potentially look at some of these guys, but I'm with you. I think Barkley is the main option from the Giants here. Um, the bears, the bears, the bears, the bears, like the Giants pass defense, looked we really rough. Alan Robinson came out and just said how unhappy he was. Jimmy Graham seven targets last week. Um this is an interesting interesting team to look at here.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the Robinson situation, who knows what's going to go on, but he's probably going to feed regardless.
0: He's going to feed him this game. It's going to happen. Like it's coming.
1: Yeah, he's he's really the only like I'm staying away from the running backs probably. Like it's just not a spot. I'm fine with Trubisky every week. Like I said, he's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick will occasionally put up a massive game. He did all right. He did very well the second half of the game last week, but the rest of the game didn't look great, which seems to be what he does on a consistent basis. I was happy with the volume he had with 36 pass attempts. And I think there's upside for more, um, but it's strictly a GPP play. And it's strictly like the numbers don't really support it other than the fact that he, occasionally goes up for a massive game, and that's just why I'll throw him in in big field competitions. Robinson is likely to get a ton of targets if Trubisky does do well, so that'll be my pairing. And that's really it. Like, I don't have interest in anyone else. I'm probably not going Jimmy Graham. I know they had a touchdown last week and seven targets, but that's just because they were trailing so much of the game. I don't think that's going to be the situation this week. So Trubisky, Allen Robinson, and big turnies. that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I think I'll probably stay away from the running game here. Um, like it was so spread out. I don't think David Montgomery's hundred percent either. So um probably a situation that I'll stay away from. I don't mind Allen Robinson. I don't mind um Anthony Miller. Both of those guys had plenty of targets. Jimmy Graham's super cheap. Like if you if you want to like play like a game stack and not have Robinson, maybe Jamie Graham catches another touchdown. He's thirty eight hundred. Um The Vikings and the Colts, 48 total. Indy's favored by three in this one. Um, You know, the Vikings, a lot of Thielen's production was in the second half of that game. You know, the game script worked out perfect for him. Um, But still, like, he had a monster game, Grant. But this team, they didn't throw the ball a ton. Like, he only – Kirk Cousins only threw the ball 25 times. Thielen only had eight targets. Um, The offense didn't look great. What are we doing with the Vikings here?
1: I mean, I'll use Thielen. Like if he got if he got eight targets on 25 attempts, if they do end up throwing the ball 25 times or 35 times, then he could be in for a bigger workload. We know he has upside. He's really it. Like, I'm fine with Cook. I'm fine with Kirk. I'm not happy about either. I probably won't have any uh, ownership in Cousins at all and probably very little in Cook. I'm getting most of my ownership through Thielen in for the Vikings – and that that's it. Like, we know the volume is going to be there if they throw enough. And, and he has upside to take to the house. He has huge upside in a given week. So, it's just Thielen. There's really not much more to say.
0: Yeah, and, like, if they get up, maybe Cook runs the ball more. But, like, when I'm looking at, like, the overall week and I see 58% of the snaps played by Dalvin Cook, I'm super concerned. Um, and I know they trailed a lot. He didn't play a lot in the fourth quarter. And I get that. I understand that. Um, but I do think like, it's something that we need to worry about, you know, when there were so many guys that like miles Gaskins played 63% of the snaps for the dolphins and like cook played this many. So Dalvin cook, if you expect the, the Vikings to be up in this game, the game script will be good for him. Um, Thielen and cook is the easiest way to get exposure to this team. And it's the only exposure that I really want here. Um, let's go to the Colts. We just watched Aaron Rodgers dominate this team. dominate this team. Um, like Philip Rivers threw the ball 46 times last week. Hilton and Campbell both had nine targets. We saw a ton of targets for Hines and Taylor. Sucks for Marlon Mack. He looked great. Um, in the play, I don't know if you watched it, but like the play that he did it on was like an underneath pass and it would just it was funky. Um, Jonathan Taylor expected to start Jonathan Taylor expected to be very popular this week um, in this game
1: I'd rather play Hines Um, I know it's probably not a popular viewpoint Again, Taylor didn't have the full offseason because no one had the full offseason to do stuff. Yes, he was very involved in the passing game, which is a huge plus. I think Taylor will be a great running back going forward. I do think he stands out as a good point-per-dollar play this week, but that ownership is just going to be through the roof. So I think the easiest way to pivot off of it is go with Hines. He had eight targets in this last game. He had two touchdowns. He still had seven rushing attempts. We know how Phillip Rivers loves to dump the ball off to pass-catching backs. We know that Gordon had a a bunch last year and the year before and the year before Eckler has done it. Like it's been very consistent with him throughout the last four years. And first week, it looked like the exact same. Hines is probably going to go under owned because of his price tag being so similar to Taylor. And I think he's the better guy to play with. And I think that you pair him with rivers. I really like rivers in this spot. We didn't know how much he was going to pass in any given game. And yes, the game script kind of changed things around a little bit, but he had 46 pass attempts here. He goes, pretty like consistent through the entire offense and how many targets he's going to end up getting. This is being played in a dome. So Hilton very much on the board. Everyone talks about how I'm not high on Hilton because guess what? He can't, the rivers can't throw the ball down the field. That doesn't matter. Like that doesn't matter at all. Hilton can take one to the house in a short slant. He can do pretty much anything. And we know his home run splits. He's going to come in at very low ownership. I think this week, we currently have him pegged at 15%. I think that's too low. I don't think he's going to come close to that, but he can absolutely have a massive game. Now he has a serviceable quarterback and set on his team. Rivers may throw a bunch of interceptions, but he's probably going to throw the ball a lot. I think Hines. I think Campbell is also a good play. He had nine targets in the first game. We know how Rivers likes to dump the ball off to his second wide receiver, and this is a perfect guy for Philip Rivers. I think he's way too cheap at four point five k over on DK. I really like him in this spot. I'm a big fan of the Indy sack.
0: I like Indy a lot. Like, there's so many pieces that Vikings defense looks so bad. There's so many pieces that you can like here. Jack Doyle's another one. Um, obviously, like, the Green Bay tight end situation is a mess, so we really didn't see, like, the Vikings get attacked by a tight end at all. And we know how much Philip Rivers likes his tight ends. Doyle played, I think, like, 73% is what I remember. Yeah, 76%. So – I like Doyle, Campbell, Hilton, T- Taylor, Hines, Rivers. Like, I'll have variations of this team for sure uh, because you can run it back however you want. Like, if you are looking at the Colts and you're wanting the Colts to get up in this game, then you run it back with Thielen. It's it's so simple to game stack this one. So, um, if you expect the Vikings to get up, you play Cook and you go to the pass catchers. Like, there's, there's a lot of different ways. Of it. But I think the Colts – are great in this one. I think they're. Um, I think they get up in this game. So I'm. I'm heavy on the Colts. I'm with you. There's a lot of pieces. It's a. It's a tougher team to figure out though. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, but none of them are too high priced.
0: I know they're all really like cheap. So there's plenty of ways to go. Um, Lions and Packers, 49 and a half total. Green Bay favored by six in this game. Um, this game is a game that I'm already like seeing a lot of talk about. This game is going to carry a lot of ownership, in my opinion. Um, let's start with the Lions. What do you like here for Detroit?
1: I mean, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of this game. I think it's going to draw a decent amount of ownership. Everyone saw what Aaron Rodgers did last week. Like, I I, I just don't think I'm going to go here. I mean, have we gotten confirmation on Galladay? Like, I didn't see what he, what happened. There was
0: nothing that has come out about him um, so far. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought. So, it's a little tough to figure out. I mean... Marvin Jones, if Gall day isn't out, is definitely a guy that's in play. I know he didn't do well last week, but I don't expect that to happen again. Uh, Hawkinson, if Galladay's out, is a guy that's in play. I'm probably staying away from the running back situation. I know AP got a lot of work last week and is just pissing everyone off because he just keeps getting work. So I'm not messing with that backfield wide receivers ends it, it is entirely dependent on if Galladay plays what I want to do. So I'm 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 mostly staying away from this game, especially if it's gonna draw a lot of ownership.
0: See if Galladay sits, this game's super interesting because I do think Green Bay has a chance to get up in this game. Um Hawkinson is someone that I obviously like for touchdowns. Um Cephas, man, where'd this guy come from? Played a ton of snaps, um, ton of air yards, had some red zone targets. Um he's 3,800. If Kenny Galladay sits, like, this guy is super interesting um, in my opinion, especially if you expect Green Bay to get up in this game. So I do like the passing attack. um, The running attack, like, Peterson played 32%, Johnson played 25%, and Swift played 40%. Like, I'm not playing any of those guys. If I'm playing anybody it's Swift, I'm taking the upside. He ran routes. He had some targets. Like, that's where I would be going here. So, um game script wise if you're heavy on green bay if you like this game then attack this passing attack and you know gotta have to kind of wait and see on kenny galladay but like don't be afraid not to like have a ton of marvin jones and take some of these lower owned um, detroit guys so um listen the detroit lions were terrible against wide receivers last week Devontae adams had a monster game um He's one of the top spend-ups in cash games, in my opinion. I, I think you almost have to pay up for him in this game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, 17 targets in that first game. He, he just gets – like, the last time he did, didn't have 10 targets was week four – or week 12 last year, I think. And there was only two – one game the second half of the season where he didn't have 10 targets. We know the volume is going to be there. Likely a 100-yard game. Likely a touchdown. I absolutely love Adams. He's the only guy I really want to play. I know that some people are going to play Rodgers, but I'm not fully buying into it that he's back to being a great quarterback again. I mean, he's still getting old. Like, I'm not buying one-week matchups if it's going to cause his ownership to go up. We currently have not pegged at 3.8%. If that is accurate, then I might be on him a little bit. I might stack up the Packers, but I expect it to be much higher. I, I'm probably just going Adams in this game, and he's one of my favorite spend-ups on the slate.
0: I think Aaron Jones is super interesting here. I don't think a lot of people play him. He didn't look great, but he had two red zone, like targets. He had plenty of, like he had six targets, um, 16 rushing attempts. Like he's 7,100. He's kind of like slightly below the top end options and above like the mid tier. So like, I don't know what type of price range we would actually call him, but I don't see him getting a ton of love this week. So I actually kind of like him here for tournaments and, Like, we're looking at, like, 2.9% ownership on him right now. So, Grant, like, you don't even have to go, like, super crazy ownership-wise to get over the field and double the field on Aaron Jones. So, he's a guy that can score three touchdowns in any game. Um, So, I I like Aaron Jones for tournaments. Um, Devontae Adams is the default cash play. If Rodgers is going to be unpopular again – like, we just watched Detroit get, like, the secondary get destroyed. Like, I'll go back to Rodgers if he's going to be low owned. If he's going to be chalk, I'll probably fade him. But, um, I love Devontae Adams. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right there with you. Uh,
0: Gardner Minshew against the Tennessee Titans, 42 total here. Um, Tennessee favored by nine. This, this whole Jacksonville situation, um, is, is interesting. But Gardner Minshew, man, a <laughs> guy. I love this guy. Um, he only threw the ball 20 times last week, and I think that's super concerning. The game flow of this game and how much Tennessee likes to run the ball is concerning. What are your thoughts when it comes to Jacksonville?
1: I'm largely staying away. I'll take a shot on Chark, but it's not easy. matchup going up against Tennessee, they've got a good defense. I, I, I just I, – I, I don't see many ways that anyone from the Jags ends up going off for a big game like Robinson, I guess, looked decent in the first game got 16 carries got a target we could see something similar this week 4.4k if he's going to be at low ownership he's fine but shark is the one guy that could see having a big game any given week and he really let people down this first week outside of a touchdown so i'm willing to go back to the well on him at low ownership but yeah yeah just not really not really a spot i want to go with anyone else
0: in my my, just concern overall is just the amount of plays in general in this game. Like Tennessee likes to run the ball; they're going to be able to run the ball against Jacksonville. This defense is not good, so I think Robinson's an interesting pivot off of some of the chalk running backs. Um, Chenault at forty two hundred, Cole like these guys have some upside. It's just I could see myself playing Minshew by himself in this game more than playing him with a wide receiver and just hoping that like. I get that Gardner Minshew, like, 20-point game at 5,800. I get, like, some rushing yards. I get a rushing touchdown, like, spreads the ball out. Like, I, I think Minshew by himself is very viable here. But the wide receivers and stuff, their their targets are so spread out. The snaps were – you know, Shark was on the field almost the whole game. But the rest of these guys, like, they were just all over the place. So, I like Minshew by himself. I don't mind James Robinson in tournaments to pivot. Um, let's talk Titans. Like, Derrick Henry is 7,900 on DraftKings. Um, he ran the ball 31 times um, this past week. He's going to get a ton of opportunities here again, um, facing this bad defense. Like, it's hard not to like Derrick Henry, but he's such a guy that's so touchdown dependent, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, Jacksonville's defense was terrible against the they're run last bad. year. Yeah, they're 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 just a bad organization right now. Um, I don't mind Henry, like – Again, the matchup's great. You said 31 runs. A lot of that was kind of just the way the game worked out. It was a super weird game. Fun game to watch, even though the Broncos lost. But, yeah, like Henry, he's going to get the volume. He's going to always get the volume. He's a beast. He didn't actually play that well in the first game, but still had 116 yards, granted, on 31 attempts. Against a bad Jacksonville D, where the game script really favors him in all likelihood, He's the guy I'm going with. AJ Brown did not look great this first game. He did get eight targets. Corey Davis, for some reason, got a lot of work that we weren't expecting at all, and seemed to have a decent connection with Tannehill. But the game script really doesn't favor him, even though he's only four K. I, I I honestly like it's it's Henry in this game is where I'm going to get most of my exposure, and that's really it.
0: Yeah, like. I don't know. Adam Humphreys is 3,400. If you want to take a shot on him, Corey Davis is 4K. If you want to take a shot on him, um, I don't hate it. Obviously, a lot's going to be determined on um, A.J. Brown. Like He wasn't at practice Wednesday. He was. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury. So like, if Brown's out, this team becomes a lot more interesting. Jonu Smith becomes more interesting. Corey Davis becomes more interesting. Humphreys becomes more interesting. But right now, Wednesday, Henry is the guy that I'm the most interested in. Um, if we get news that AJ Brown's gonna sit, I do like Adam Humphreys a lot at his price, and I think a lot of people will go to Corey Davis. So, um, and then Smith is always a guy that can score a touchdown, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot's gonna depend on AJ Brown there, though, if he plays or not. Um, Panthers and Buccaneers 48 and a half total, Tampa favored by nine and a half in this game. Um, that's a little optimistic in my opinion. Um, let's talk Carolina Panthers here, Christian McCaffrey going up against Tampa. Um, any interest in Carolina? Yeah,
1: I actually have a decent amount. I know the Tampa Bay's defense is probably oh, very improved. I'm not going by the first week versus the saints because it's the saints in in uh, new Orleans, but I think their defense is going to be pretty good. Um, CMC could get shut down a little bit by this great Tampa defense, like, it, they're, they're just really good. And we look at last year, what he did against me. He did have 21 points in the second matchup, only 7.3 in the first matchup. I don't think I'm going with CMC this week. I think that I'm targeting the wide receivers and Bridgewater more. I know that the total is high in this game, but the Tampa, the Bucks are very high, big favorites. I don't think this game is going to be like that. I think that the Carolina could end up winning this game. I really like Carolina with the points in this spot. I don't think Brady's that good. I don't think Brady is going to be that great this season. He does have a lot of good options, but Godwin is in concussion protocol right now, may not end up playing this week. That could greatly hinder him. Um, So I think this game stays closer. I think that Carolina is going to go well over their 19.5 implied points total. So I have a lot of interest in both Robbie Anderson and D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore let everyone down this last weekend. He really didn't do much at all. Robbie Anderson, we know he's a deep threat option. He had eight targets this last week. I, I think that he could put up a big spot here. I really like him for GBPs, and I really like D.J. Moore for GBPs, too. I mean, you can take a shot on Samuel also, just because he's always a big play waiting to happen at any given time, even though he hasn't looked great in training camp. He still had eight targets this week. I like the passing game here a lot. I'm staying away from the running game.
0: Yeah. I think the, the, the most concerning thing about Christian McCaffrey, like his touchdown equity is always high, but only four targets. Like we need, we need Christian McCaffrey to get some catches and and like have that potential, like hundred, hundred game. Like he's 10 K it's such a tough ass. Like his floor is massive, but it's tough. Um, I'm never going to tell you not to play Christian McCaffrey, but I'm with Grant on this one. I like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson a lot in this game. Um, We say DJ Moore disappointed, but he still played 92% of the snaps. He still led the team in targets. Like it it just, he didn't score a touchdown. Like, and when you don't score a a touchdown, touchdown, his catch
1: rate wasn't great, but that's that's just a one week sample size. It can happen to literally anyone.
0: Yeah. So I was going to say like, it's probably better that he didn't score a touchdown if you're high on him this week because people are people are a victim of game log so much in football um going to the tampa side of things like you mentioned it already chris godwin in, in concussion protocol getting in like getting put into concussion protocol at like uh, on a wednesday makes it i i feel like it makes it really tough to play sunday
1: yeah yeah it definitely does but I mean, you never know. Concussions are such a weird thing. And remember, I haven't looked into concussion protocol in a while because a lot of times there's no point. But uh, we just don't know. Like, we don't know. It's pretty much a toss-up. It's probably closer to 40% that he does end up playing, 30% that he does end up playing, in which case Mike Evans becomes a good play. This Carolina defense is not great. It's young. It's going to have missed assignments. And Mike Evans, even though Brady is dust, could be in for a big game at 6.4k. Scotty Miller is sitting there at 4.1k. Like we saw Brady target him a little bit or a decent amount in this last game. It's only going to go up if Godwin does in fact miss and he can. People always keep comparing him like, oh, he could have that Julian Edelman role. It's actually pretty accurate. Brady likes guys that are going to run the routes how they're supposed to run. They can trust and seems like from the first game that that was Scotty Miller. They're probably gonna, if Godwin is out, they're probably gonna run a decent amount of two tight end sets here. OJ Howard had a touchdown last week just to troll everyone, and it's probably gonna happen again this week. I think he's in for an extent or a more extensive workload, even though Gronk's slowly being entrenched in the offense. Again, they're probably gonna run multiple tight end sets fairly often in this spot. So I really like OJ Howard, Scotty Miller, Evans, if Godwin does end up missing. If Godwin doesn't end up missing, then I'm kind of off the buck side of the game.
0: Yeah, I think like the the tight end situation, either one of these guys can score a touchdown each week, and it's going to be it's going to be frustrating um, each and every week to like kind of debate on like how you want to approach it. But like Gronk, like I was shocked that Gronk played 77 percent of the snaps. Like I did not expect that whatsoever. Um, a lot of Tampa is going to be dictated by Chris Godwin, but I really like Scotty Miller. Um, we talked about him last week at, as potentially taking this role and was at 4K and, you know, had a, had a really strong game. So I could definitely get back on the Scotty Miller bandwagon. But overall, like, I don't love the Tampa side of this game. I should, but, like, it's so spread out. Like, the running back situation is spread out. Um, just a whole, like – Even Ronald Jones only played 47% of the snaps. So, you know, if I was going to play anybody in the running back situation, it'd be Jones. Like, if you don't like Brady in the passing attack and they're going to be popular, play Ronald Jones. Um, You know, you could definitely do that. But overall, this is one of those games that should be a game that I love, but I don't love the Tampa side. It's so spread out. Um, Let's talk 49ers and Jets here. This game's in New York. We got a 42-and-a-half total. San Francisco's favored by seven in this game. Let's start with the 49ers. Um, You know, we just got in talking about, like, spread out. And this is another team um, that is spread out. Obviously, George Kittle news is going to be something that kind of dictates this offense. But I was was happy to see Mozart kind of be the lead back here. But outside of that, like, what's the like with the 49ers? There's really
1: not much. I mean – I don't know. Uh, Like, there's too many, too many mouths to feed in the backfield. I get Mozart is the best option, but Coleman still had four carries. McKinnon had four carries and a few targets. It's just tough to pay for any of these guys, and game script is kind of dictating that they'll run it. So I'm I'm not going to argue with taking a chance on any of them. But yeah, we. Past game, like there's not going to be a ton of attempts. We know that if they get up to a big lead, which I'm guessing they will with the Jets, they're probably just going to run it. If Kittle ends up missing, then I think that opens up enough targets around the rest of the guys where you can take shots on any one of these wide receivers that are in play or they're playing. Like Bourne could obviously have a good day, game. Brand could have a good game. Like even Trent Taylor could have a decent game. They're all priced very cheap. So if you want to play something different in tournaments, if Kittle ends up missing kind of expect the Jets to put up some points against the 49ers and somehow have a decent game. And that way Garoppolo's throwing the ball. You can pair Garoppolo with a bunch of cheap wide receivers and hope they ends up passing the ball 35 plus times instead of the normal 15 to 20 that he has in a lot of games, there, blowouts.
0: Yeah. And like they're, they're expecting George Kittle to play. Um, if he does play, people might be a little scared because of the injury and I don't hate taking a shot. But for me on the 49ers, like it's the defense it's Mozart. It, it Kendrick Bourne played a ton of snaps last week. So I don't mind taking a shot on him just because he's going to be on the field. But another one of those games and teams that I just don't love here. And then on the Jets side of things, like Frank Gore is going to be the lead back here. Like the guy that I, that I love here is, is Crowder. Um, you know, Crowder and Hurden, like, where else is the production going? Like, they're not going to throw the ball to Frank Gore a ton out of the backfield. Josh Adams might get some work out of the backfield in the passing game, but, like, it's going to be Crowder and Hurden here. Like, right? I'm not crazy. Like, we expect the 49ers to be up in this game. Like, this is a good opportunity cost.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it absolutely is a perfect spot. Like, Herndon is priced at 3.4K. He had seven targets in the last game. We expect a similar game script this game. And without Bell in there, like, targets are going to go around a little bit more. Crowder had 13 this last game. We, he's going to get thrown to a ton. And whether or not he actually does do much with them is kind of irrelevant. The volume is going to be there. Crowder is a fantastic play at 5.4K over on DraftKings. Full point PBR has the 100-yard receiving bonuses as a possibility, has touchdown upside, like they these two guys are going to get fed and they're too cheap i'm not using darnold in all likelihood maybe like maybe in one build but it, it's Crowder and it's hurting are far too cheap and they're gonna get just fed this entire game
0: the other the other guy that i don't hate here is perryman but it's more of a Fanduel play i think he's like he has some touchdown equity in this game um big guy you know we saw him with tampa score some touchdowns and stuff and like he's a guy at 3800 um he's gonna be on the field like and like if you're expecting like i'm expecting that the 49ers handle this game like they played perryman hogan and crowder a ton like these guys played some of the highest snap counts um and just in, in general so they're going three wide receiver sets they're going hurting like you know who's going to be on the field for the Jets. <laughs> Doesn't always mean that it's a good thing, but um I, I do I do like the I like the Jets as a sneaky, like low-owned um option here that I don't think a lot of people will be on. Yeah. It sure was nice seeing the teams back out on the gridiron over the weekend. Lucky for us, that was just week one. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy <laughs> sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, catch means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching the game quite like having a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code GRIND for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on week two action. Enter code GRIND to get a shot at free Get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code GRIND. Only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. Washington football team, Arizona Cardinals, 46.5 total here. Um, What do you like here on Washington?
1: I mean, Haskins is super cheap at 5.1K. He had 31 attempts in the first game. Did not play well. But he's he's a little bit too cheap. He could be in for a decent game here. Him and McLaurin both are guys that I could see using quite a bit at the moment. I mean, McLaurin we know can have a massive game at any given time. We look at last season, he had several 20-point games, several game or slate-winning games. He can get 100 yards. He can get multiple touchdowns. He's going to get targeted a decent amount. Last week only had seven, but he could be in for more here if Haskins has to throw the ball more going up against this high-powered Arizona offense. I like both of them quite a bit. Gibson obviously disappointed this last week. Only ended up with six points. He wasn't that involved. I mean, I'm still angry about the Peyton Barber touchdown snake. Like, yeah, gosh, I'm so angry about that. It cost me a lot of money, but... Like Gibson is 4.3 K. He was chalk last week. He's not going to be chalk this week. I don't mind him and I don't mind him even in a Washington stack. Cause you're getting him McLaurin and hop or, and uh, Haskins at a cheap price tag. This is a good spot for value on the slate. And I really, really like it, especially considering they could have a decent amount of plays and they're likely to be trailing.
0: Yeah, like, I I like this game, too. I think it's super interesting. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from the running back situation. Uh, I don't love Barber or Gibson. Snaps-wise, they both played under 50% of the snaps. Um, I like McLaurin, and I like Logan Thomas a lot. Um, Logan Thomas saw eight targets, um, led the team in target share, saw some red zone opportunities, like, Sprinkle is just going to be out there blocking. Like, when you see Sprinkle on the field, he's blocking. Um, He didn't run any routes last week. So, Logan Thomas is super interesting in this matchup against Arizona. I know Arizona kind of got gutted by the run last week. I just – I don't know. I I, I don't think I can do it with Peyton Barber or Gibson. They're super cheap if you want to take shots on them. I completely understand why. But, for me, it's it's McLaurin and um, Thomas here for the most part. Um, Arizona. I um I, I think that our boy um Murray is super interesting here. Um he's just he's such a playmaker, Grant.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, we obviously love seeing him run all over the place last week. I really like him. We saw Hopkins get a massive target share. We weren't sure what was going to happen. Christian Kirk is the interesting one. He obviously didn't play too great last week. Five targets, only one reception for zero yards, just was not good. But he is a guy that does have some talent. We saw a massive game out of him versus Tampa Bay last season. We saw a few pretty good games with him. And I have to wait and see what ownership's going to be. But if it's only 8.4%, I really like him in this spot. Also, Drake, like he had a terrible outing last week. He's 5.9K. This was a guy, and I get Chase Edmonds took a bit of his workload this last week. But well, this is a guy that probably should have been 8K towards the end of last season. He's going against Washington. Game script favors him. Could be running later on in the game. Drake is a guy that he's far too cheap in the spot here. Like, I really, really like Drake. He's probably my favorite play from the Arizona offense, but Murray, Hopkins, Kirk, all of them are very much in play. All of them stand out as good options, and I'm going to be stacking up this game quite a few ways.
0: Yeah, like, I like Kyler and Hopkins a lot. Um, I- I'm considering playing these guys in cash games, like Murray 6,100, and I think that, like, he has a really high floor in my opinion. And uh, I just I- – I think Drake is the guy, if you're playing a running back, he's the guy you play here. Um, I-, I think the tight end situation's a mess. I think Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald both have bounce back upside. Um, so, don't hate that. Uh, moving on, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles. Chargers, 47 and a half total here. Um, Chargers favored by eight and a half in this game. Patrick Mahomes, um, he's really good at football.
1: Is he? he I was unaware. Yeah, no, Mahomes, it's the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs every single week. Like, the Chiefs have huge upside. C.E.H. had 25 carries in the first matchup. I know people were talking about his snap share. I, don't, I really don't care. Like, C.E.H., first week in the offense, did good. Going to be good again this week. Probably a little too cheap at 7.4K. And then with the passing offense, I don't know, name a guy. Name a guy and he's probably a decent play. Like Tyreek Hill, we always know he has slate breaking upside. Didn't do a ton in the first matchup, but didn't do terrible. Kelsey is Kelsey. One of the top tight ends, plays on the entire slate. Has 100 yard, two touchdown upside in any given matchup. Like, There's no one that stands out as being in a particularly great spot. It's just everyone in the offense every single week is a great play and this week is no different at all
0: it was interesting to see like michelle hardman or michelle hardman not like he wasn't out there at all um he played less than 30 percent of the snaps demarcus robinson um had a touchdown called back got another touchdown like opportunity that he dropped like um sammy Watkins looked really good like i think I, I think CEH is obviously one of the better plays on this slate. Patrick Mahomes makes all these like wide receivers um and tight ends interesting. Like I, I feel like Sammy Watkins is probably my favorite, but like for large field tournaments, Robinson's thirty five hundred. And if you're looking at a build where you're paying up at wide receiver this week, you can really pay down at that wide receiver three. Um so I don't mind like taking a shot on Demarcus Robinson this week. Uh, as far as the Chargers, they're interesting game flow and game script wise. Um, Keenan Allen saw eight targets. Mike Williams saw nine. Henry saw eight targets. Um, Austin Eckler one target. Grant like Tyrod Taylor did not check down to Austin Eckler at all. We did not see Austin Eckler, Philip Rivers type of workload here. Um, I think the most interesting thing in this one is like Keenan Allen's price and at, at fifty seven hundred. Yeah,
1: Keenan Allen and Mike Williams' price. I love them both. Um, Tyrod Taylor. I did not realize
0: how cheap Mike Williams was, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, he's ridiculous. And Mike Williams may be Tyrod Taylor's favorite target. This is going to be a game where Tyrod only threw 30 times the first game. and He did not play well, but I don't care. I'm going right back to the well. This is going to be a high-scoring matchup. They still have a 20-point implied total here, and I think that might be a little bit low. They're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both in for a pretty massive workload. Hunter Henry had eight targets the first game. Don't mind using him. I'm mostly targeting the passing game here. Yes, Eckler should end up getting more targets. Like it should absolutely happen. There weren't many checkdowns, and I don't really understand why. I don't expect that to continue. He is 6.5k. That's probably a bit too cheap. I love the entire KC office. I pro or I mean the clip Chargers offense. I probably like them more than I like the KC offense on a point per dollar basis because they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. There's going to be a lot of attempts, I think, in this game. I'm not overreacting to the one game that Tyrod played that ended up with him looking terrible and the Chargers' offense looking terrible. It's a new week, new game script. Anything can happen here, and all these guys are way too cheap for, the, for their possible upside. So I am going to be targeting the Chargers quite a bit this weekend.
0: Um, we finished it out. We got Baltimore at Houston, 52 total Baltimore favored by seven. What an awesome, um, you know, way to end the week two podcast by Baltimore and Houston. I love this game. Um, I think a lot of people are going to love this game. There's so much upside on the Baltimore side. You know, you have Lamar Jackson who continues to show massive upside each and every week. Um, you ha- a running back situation that was kind of all over the place. Like we saw Jakey Dobbins, uh, 43% Ingram, like 34% rushing attempts. They both were under 10. Like it's still Lamar Jackson's offense and Mark Andrews looked fantastic. Um, if you're paying up at tight end, I don't think Travis Kelsey is like the auto lock at tight end pay up anymore. I think Mark Andrews needs to be in the conversation.
1: Yeah, and he's probably a guy I'll be playing with, Lamar Jackson, a decent mountain in the spot here. Obviously, super expensive. Didn't have a great game last week. I say that at, he got 27 and a half points. Um, this is probably going to be a higher scoring affair than it was last week. He has a lot more upside. I mean, this was would be one of his... Last week would have been one of his lowest scores of last season, which is pretty incredible to say. But he's got more rushing upside. He's got more... Passing upside. He's got a ton of upside in this spot. I think if you're playing him, you run it back with someone. But I'm a big fan of Jackson in the spot here. I'm a big fan of Andrews. I don't mind Hollywood Brown sitting there at 6.2K. We know that he has upside, and the volume should be there or could be there. I know that he was a little bit inconsistent last season, but he's got a huge upside in a given matchup. So I'm staying away from the running backs. I don't really want to mess with Do- Dobbins or with Ingram. Either one of them could be in for a decent game, but I'm not going to really play that wheel. I'm I'm just going to stay away fully. It, it's Lamar. It's Hollywood Brown. It's Andrews for me, and that's really it.
0: Yeah, like Ingram, Dobbins, and, like, even Gus Edwards got some work. So, like, I'm just going to pass on the running backs. I think it's very concentrated for me, Jackson, Brown, Andrews. Like, it, and, like, I don't think you have to overthink Baltimore – Yeah, like Boykin and Sneed will score touchdowns this year. Don't get me wrong, but, like, those are the three main options for me. On the Houston side of things, um, you know, obviously we're going to have to wait and see. It doesn't sound like Duke Johnson. um, Like, he practiced Wednesday. I did not see that one coming. So, um, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Houston?
1: I love David Johnson. 5.8K. Too cheap. Yeah, far too cheap. We don't know exactly. his role in this offense is going to be. It was a very different game script last week. It could be actually similar to this week. It's not an easy matchup going up against the Ravens, but it's still a spot where he could see increased volume uh, and dump offs out of the backfield. I really like him. Like, he's my favorite. I don't mind Watson, but I'm not in love with him. Like him and Fuller and Cooks. Like, Cooks is probably a little bit too cheap at 4.9K. He got five targets in the first game. He might be old, he might be dust, but I don't actually know. That price tag is too cheap, though. It's predominantly Cooks and David Johnson, me, but I really, really like David Johnson. I think he's going to get overlooked in this spot. He could be the David Johnson of old. He could end up with 10 targets in this matchup. He should get a decent amount of rushing yards. I really like him. He's kind of game-skip proof. Who knows if Duke Johnson's going to end up playing this weekend, but if he doesn't, then i definitely like him even more. But David Johnson is one of my favorite running backs on the slate.
0: I don't think it matters if he plays or not. Like, David Johnson still played 81% of the snaps last week. He he's the guy. Like, they, he's like, all right, we traded away Hopkins, and this is why. So, um, I like David Johnson a lot. I love Will Fuller. Um, he, he's just the lead guy now. So, like, I don't mind taking a shot on him. They're going to take deep shots with him. Like um, So, I like Will Fuller a lot. And the guy that's kind of sneaky here uh, for large field tournaments is Randall Cobb. Um, I always like slot receivers against Baltimore. Cobb played like 83% of the snaps, way more than Cooks. Um, He's 4,400. Very touchdown dependent, but like this is a spot you get like five to seven catches and maybe a touchdown and like exceed value, especially if you think Houston's going to be trailing in this game. So Randall Cobb, if you're playing large field tournaments, throw him on your list. Um, Grant, let's play the morning grind game. And then we're going to get out of here for week two and, I'll be back for week three next week. Uh, give me a quarterback. Let's take away the top five quarterbacks. Give me away. Give me a quarterback not in the top five in price on DraftKings that's going to throw for over three hundred yards this week.
1: Roethlisberger,
0: Big Ben. Um, I like that one. I'm going to go with um, Matthew Stafford. I think it's game script, but um, give me a low-owned running back that's going to score a touchdown.
1: Low owned running back. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out uh, who's going to be. I'm going Hines.
0: All right, like that. By low owned, we're looking at projected ownership on Wednesday. We're looking for somebody under like 10% on a Wednesday. Um, So hopefully it'll be relevant. I'm going to go Aaron Jones. I, I, again, I think he has a ton of upside here, and um, we're projecting him so low. Uh, give me a quarterback, wide receiver stack for a touchdown.
1: I'm going to go with Mike Evans, Tyrod Taylor.
0: Tyrod Taylor Mike Williams? Yep. All right. Taylor and Williams. I'm going to go Murray and Hopkins. I feel like it's kind of chalky, but um, maybe not. I, I really like that combo. Uh, give me a wide receiver that's gonna have eight or more targets um this week. And like, don't be crazy. Don't give me like Thielen or Adams or somebody. Give me somebody kind of off the board. Uh Crowder. Is that off the board enough? I like it. I don't think any I don't think people will be too high on him. I'm gonna go way back. I know we talked about this guy a long time ago, but uh give me TY Hilton um with Phillip Rivers. Give me a tight end that's gonna score a touchdown this week, Grant.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go. Guess I'm gonna go with the Jets again, and go with
0: Herndon. Hopefully, both of those are right. Uh, um, <laughs> give me, uh, give me Logan Thomas, um, and then finish it out. You, you pick this question. Um, give me a defense that's gonna score ten or more points this week.
1: I'm gonna go with. I'm trying to find a lower-priced defense. It's a little bit tough. Oh, gosh, this is this is not an easy one. Gonna, low price. I'm going to go with the Giants.
0: All right. I don't hate that one. All right, Grant. J-E-T, Jets, Jets, Jets. I hate the Jets. For anybody that knows me, I'm not a huge fan of the Jets. I'm a Dolphins fan, obviously, but um, the Jets are 2K. San Francisco, if Kittle is banged up, this offense is not the best. I think the jets jets are going to score a touchdown this week. And uh, we already saw that they could get sacks and be like productive, even in a game. Like they got blown out by the Buffalo bills last week and still scored seven fantasy points. So give me the jets. Uh, Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. I got none. I'm happy football's back. Yes, that's going to wrap it up here for week two. We'll be back for week three next week. Hope everyone has an awesome, awesome weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week. See
1: yeah, kids.